0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Rizzless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Uh, Joining me, you know, I I did think about calling in uh, a favor. It might be the only chance all season for a typical William Lou slander podcast Uh, coming off the defeat of the Lakers, sending them spiraling into drama. Uh, But, you know, we have we have someone else on the line who thrives in drama and has lots of hot takes. Eric Kareem. What's up, man?
2: Uh, the Toronto not not much. Good to be here as always, Blake. Uh, the last two teams the Raptors have beat the Cavs and the Lakers. Immediately after, there's been uh, I don't know if you want to call the Lakers like internal strife. Uh, I I think a lot of that has to do with external factors and just injuries. But like, yes, they, the, the play-in
1: start... tournament is bad now.
2: Yeah, as opposed to when LeBron loved it last year. Um, but. Yeah, it's not like they've emerged from Raptors defeats from defeats to the Raptors as like oh, just another loss. Well, we're we're doing okay and we're building toward the playoffs or we're building toward the end of our season. No, like something is fundamentally wrong when you lose to the Raptors. It's uh, at least like Raptors fans can take some shot in Freud in in that I believe. Yeah, look,
1: there there aren't a lot of wins. This like I mean they've won twenty seven games this year, but like. In the big spiritual sense, there have not been a lot of wins uh, for the Raptors and Raptors fans this year. And I think uh, Kyle Lowry turning in an absolute Kalo performance and-, and Siakam being that good. And then, you know, basically putting LeBron and the Lakers up against the ropes for the playing game. And where now, hey, when, when it's going to give you an extra fatigued first round opponent, it's wonderful. But... Uh, but not now. Um, we're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about the the one and two week the Raptors had. Before we get into that, a reminder that if you're not a subscriber to the written part of The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash we the six to access our articles at a discounted rate of $3.99 a month. Uh, or just click one of Minor Eric's articles, uh, including Eric writing off the Lakers game last night. Uh, if you... I don't want to put my own work down, but if for some reason you missed that jazz game and want to read about it, <laughs> well, I, I drew the short straw this weekend. Uh, that's there with some updated looks at the the lottery odds and the the um, playoff odds and, and things like that. So, um, and, and then, of course, obviously uh, seven games to go here, which we'll have coverage of. And whether they push to the play-in or whether they... What, is it not seven games? I, I'm
2: wondering if it's seven or eight. But, uh... It's seven.
1: They've played they've played uh, 65. okay sorry um, yeah so a, a, uh, whether a thousand they apologies push, whether they push to the play in or, or whether they uh, fall out and we're talking lottery we'll have you covered um, it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot to to unpack in the offseason when that starts in maybe two weeks maybe not who knows who knows these pluck these damn plucky Raptors uh, won't go away before we get into the games quick news roundup from the week. Uh, the Raptors had somehow another five-game week. And Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi all rested uh, once on the trip. There are no back-to-backs this coming week. But, Eric, do you think Siakam's maybe due for, uh, for a down night here? Well, just
2: played 80 minutes in uh, in a back-to-back. So, you know. Uh, yeah, but uh, he it,
1: looked better as it went on. So.
2: And how many times this year have we been able to say that? I, I think it'll probably happen based on uh, the patterns um, but who knows maybe they they are hoping that he'll build on you know what might have been his best game of the year uh against the Lakers or certainly one of them but uh you know uh, Ananobi's a bit different because I think they actually are at least somewhat concerned about the calf re injury and you know soft tissue injury that you know it's it's a real concern that you don't want him to. Reaggravate that and shut down his uh, season. Not only shut down his season, but slow down his uh, his summer. Uh, with Siakam, it's a bit different, but if obviously he had COVID and just played 80 minutes in a back-to-back. So I would guess, even if it's not Tuesday, he'll probably rest uh, one of these few next games.
1: Yeah, Thursday's going to be a really interesting game (laughs) to see because that's the... We'll we'll talk about this at the end of the podcast, but that's the big swing game. That Thursday's game against the Wizards basically lets us know what what the Raptors' intentions are and the result of that could go a long way in determining the Raptors' fate. Um, In addition on the injury front, I I just want to say what you said about Pascal and how he turned in this great game and how they might want to build off of that. Um, I think that's something to keep in mind, even if you're in the pro tanking crowd um, or the pro losing crowd to use a friendlier term for it is, you know, the these guys are still young, like um, not to single out Chris Black from Sportsnet, who's a, a smart guy who we obviously both get along with. But, you know, he had made the point the other day that, you know, maybe the Raptors should have Al horforded more guys. Um, And I don't know if that was like a a response to me using Al Horford as a verb last week. But but like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet are all early enough in their development that these reps are important for them. And especially OG, I think, you know, I did a deep dive on his offensive growth over the course of the season this week and uh it's pretty remarkable how much he's improved and if you shut him down maybe that's not happening uh maybe you don't want to shut siakam down with kind of a bad taste in his mouth and you'd like to get him a couple games like that one um you know van vliet can maybe go either way because he is dealing with that hip thing um but even then like
2: and has an eternal reservoir
1: of confidence
2: and self-belief
1: yes yes also feels like shit and then feels good (laughs) depending on how we played um but those are those are real factors. And then the, the second layer to that is like some of the games the Raptors have won. They've started Stanley Johnson and Aaron Baines or DeAndre Bembry or, um, you know, Paul Watson. Like they're not they're not running out their five starters almost ever. Uh, and now, you know, you can't it, you can't just shut everyone down.
2: I'm it's, just I'm just confused by Chris's take, and and yes, let's call it Chris's take because uh, that's exactly what it is. Because uh, to give more slander, he thinks OG Ananobi is bad, and yet they need to rest OG Ananobi for the rest of the season. Where's the logic in that, Chris? Yeah, uh, yeah. That,
1: I mean, I, I DM'd him <laughs> about not that, but like the fact that Van Vliet had played pretty poorly over those five games. You could make a case he was. Uh, He was not driving the wins. But anyway, um, I know people have their opinions on this. And obviously, the Raptors are operating game to game with an abundance of caution with all these guys. Uh, So I just wanted to say that, like, keep in mind, OG having this incredible streak where he's self-creating more and gaining confidence offensively, or Siakam having a really good game against Anthony Davis uh, and the defensive attention he was seeing uh, from the Lakers. Like, those are important things. They're not nothing. Um, Now, if you feel those aren't as valuable as a 3% better chance at Cade Cunningham. You know, reasonable minds can can feel differently about those things. 3% of Cade Cunningham is still really good. <laughs> so, um we'll we'll talk lottery odds in a little bit too. Uh to c- continue the injury roundup. Gary Trent Jr. remains out. Uh, Nick Nurse said Sunday that uh the hope or he said Saturday that the yeah. hope the hope was to have him back on this trip which ends Tuesday. Um, He doesn't know how likely that is, but failing that it'll be shortly after Um, the number to watch with Gary Trent is 57. That's the number of minutes he has to play uh, after which his qualifying offer and cap hold increase. Um, It's funny. I joked with, I won't, I I joked with someone who would be invested in Gary Trent's uh, qualifying offer back when the Raptors acquired him and we kind of, like, laid out this scenario jokingly. Uh I had I, I had a, that conversation with Daniel Hackett of Raptors HQ, yeah, yeah. too, of, like, LOL, like, w- watch. Uh, just kidding. Unless. um <laughs> And here we are now. Uh, yeah, every game, left.
2: like, it, it's still, if he plays, I think we mentioned this last week, if he plays three more games, it would be preposterous if he didn't get there. But every yeah. game he doesn't play in, it becomes more of, like, a race to the finish line, and, and it becomes... uh or a race to avoid the finish line. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. The race might not be the best metaphor here, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, maybe he will uh, re-aggravate his injury in the fifty-sixth minute, uh, and uh, we'll see how good his acting chops are, or anything, or something. S-
1: surprised to hear you use the word re-aggravate, Eric. I thought someone as pedantic and grammar as you. Uh, would know that the re in aggravate is redundant.
2: Well, I, I blame uh, Spinrate, the great uh, Blue Jays podcast we have here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, you could guess who they were talking about, Blake.
1: Hey, I mean, you <laughs> could just call that podcast the re-aggravation podcast at this point with the way the Jays are, uh, yeah. Jays are getting injured left if, and right. But if hey, had, they keep winning, so. Yeah, if you had
2: asked me differently, uh, in a different way how I was doing, uh, this morning, I was gonna say, well, I I don't think any Blue Jays have hit the injured list yet this morning, so I'm doing okay yeah. yet. Uh, that's uh that's some fine roster. I I don't even know if it's fine. It's some complicated roster maneuvering they have to do. I feel like you would like you, the biggest reason for you to cover baseball at some point in your career is to get like really into forty man manipulation. And, oh, yeah, and, uh, and and all these look when
1: I have when I have my my fan hat on. Uh, the Blue Jays front office is ridiculous with the service time manipulation and saying <laughs> things like, "Well, we have forty-two. We acquired forty-two <laughs> years of service." Uh, when I start, if I start covering the team, uh, that's absolutely genius. It's the same as like with Freddie Gillespie and Utah and Paul Watson all having non-guaranteed next year. From you know my my pro labor perspective, that's bullshit and Lou Lou Dort's contract is bullshit and exploitative uh if I were covering the thunder Lou Dort's contract would be my favorite thing so (laughs) it's uh you got to switch up speaking of Paul Watson uh him and Chris Boucher did not travel on this trip so they're definitely out Tuesday not sure what their status is but uh for for later in the week but Nick Nurse has not sounded optimistic about about Chris Boucher uh and then finally to round out the the news roundup Jalen Harris is back and getting minutes. Yes. How did you like your first Jalen Harris experience there? Um, well, I think we saw him
2: briefly before the G League bubble. Very briefly. Sorry, his
1: his first, your since, first Jalen Harris experience, League experience League in bubble. actual minutes. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't like, I will acknowledge Utah's perspective to not use the term garbage time. Yeah. Um, but low leverage minutes. This is his first appearance in, in, moderate leverage minutes
2: yeah they were they were fine i I didn't see him making any like huge mistakes out there like uh i think there was one possession last night where they were in zone and he sort of got stuck in between
1: So one where kyle's trying to coach him around
2: uh probably um so he got stuck in between spaces kind of but I, i thought you know he took the shots that were there moved the ball when they weren't there was certainly wasn't trying to do too much. Uh, You know, it wasn't like a Gary Trent situation, not that he's trying to do too much, but like he wasn't stepping into that, you know, scorer off the bench roll immediately, which I don't think would endear himself to, uh, to anybody, but I I think he was, you know, fine. Didn't stand out uh, either way. And, you know, they're very small windows of, of playing time. But yeah, he was
1: he was cromulent, I think. <laughs> love 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 cromulence. That's <laughs> what I look for in my bench, guys, is uh cromulence. Uh Harris played 18 minutes over those three games, which is uh a big deal. I mean, you, we talk all the time about hey, late in the season, you know, if you have your playoff spot solidified, or if you're in a case like the Raptors where you know, maybe they care about the play and maybe they don't really, um, you know, that you want to get a look at these guys and getting a look at them in these kind of more real minutes is a better look, I think, than, uh, or a better indicator of like where they're at. Like, Like Jalen Harris is not going to be asked if he makes the team next year to run the second unit. It's much more helpful to see how he fits in with a Lowry or a Flynn or or someone like that on the floor with him um, to see where he's at and chart his progress. So uh, he didn't shoot the ball exceptionally well. Two of seven, uh, two of three on threes. He had a couple assists uh, as well. And he was uh, plus 12 over those 18 minutes. Or or the Raptors were plus 12 in the 18 minutes he was on the floor over those three games. So uh, not bad. Yeah, he was was fine. Um, And, you know, more of those minutes should present present themselves,
2: assuming that... Rest patterns stay as they have been, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing more. It certainly wasn't a case where, oh, this guy's not ready or not capable.
1: Uh, yeah, and I was, I was, you know, at least like a little bit concerned about that because he did only play the nine G League games, um, the seven regular season games. He kind of followed the Malachi Flynn track of looking more comfortable and looking better as it went on. And then he had a finger injury and he got dropped back into the one and done playoff format and he didn't look very good in the two playoff games. So um, you know, and then it's a long period of not just not playing but dealing with that hip injury and you don't know what that's doing developmental wise. So um you know I'm curious. He's a guy that I think we still don't have a, a good read on where he's at developmentally because he's played nine G League games and a handful of NBA minutes. Um His contract is up this year. The two-way he signed was only a one-year. I'd imagine uh he's in the system for this summer, whatever happens, because you want to, you know, he didn't have an off-season last year like Malachi Flynn. Um, but he's a guy that, like, this is a super, super high-leverage summer for him. So uh to get, even if this helps with the confidence a little bit or, or to get him some tape, uh, I think it can only it can only benefit him because right now he he's definitely a guy who can get buckets in the G League. Um, you know how that translates to a, an NBA second unit role is still something we're learning about. So um, all right, That's and, probably I, mean,
2: I, I mean, as we've seen, the Raptors aren't necessarily married to their second round picks uh, based on Dewan Hernandez, who was uh, you picked with the same selection a year prior. So we'll see, but uh, yeah.
1: That was that's such a weird one in retrospect, because DeWan, um like they had they had that 59th pick and they had a bunch of guys, obviously, at the 59th pick that you are deciding between. And they ended up with four of the guys that they were trying to decide between. And at one point, it looked like they all might be something. Uh, they had Dewan Hernandez, who was G-league bound. They had Shamori Pons, who they signed on a two-way. They had O'Shea Brissett on a two-way. And they had Terrence Davis, who was, you know, a great find as an undrafted rookie free agent signing. Uh, and now none of those guys are here anymore. So uh, that lets you know how, how thin the margins are when you're talking about guys at the end of the roster and the 59th pick. Like, those picks still matter, and the guys you're bringing in still matter. But you know, the margin for error that guys like Jalen Harris or or have is small. And for a guy like O'Shea Brissett, you know, sometimes your knee isn't completely healed when it needs to be to make the roster out of camp. Or sometimes you need to wait for the entire Pacers roster to get injured. So you can threaten Gary Trent Jr.'s plus minus marks. Uh,
2: Shout out to O'Shea Brissett. Uh, Yeah. He's
1: playing great. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, And uh, he's killing it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, the Raptors went 1 and 2 this week. Uh they have locked in their first sub 500 record since 2012-13 as you wrote about the other night. Um kind of the same deal as last week in more of a like big picture existential way where last week's 2 and 2 week doesn't help anyone in either camp, but 1 and 2 week doesn't really either. Uh the losses to Denver and Utah, I thought were both understandable, if a little frustrating since, you know, they were winnable in the Utah game. In particular, they just kind of ran out of gas after three pretty good quarters. Um, they don't, you know, especially with like five rotation guys out in each of those games, they just don't have, or not each of those games, but five rotation guys out for a couple of those and four in the others. They just don't have the horses right now, except against the Lakers. Uh, Sunday's 121-114 victory uh, over the Lakers uh, included career nights for both Kyle Lowry and and Pascal Siakam by box score uh, or game score rather, which was developed by our own John Hollinger. And you can find a basketball reference. Those were top five games for both Siakam and Lowry in their entire careers, uh, including playoff games for Lowry. It was his eighth game of 30 plus points and 10 plus assists. Uh, He's now only one of those behind Damon Stoudemire for the franchise record. Damon. Um, Yeah. Damon had a lot of 30 and 10s. Uh, And so Kyle finished with 37 points on uh, only 23 used possessions, which is remarkably efficient. Uh, He had 11 assists to one turnover, added a steal, uh, really, really good. Eight of 13 on threes and was just like, it was such a Kyle throwback game. The like, the three and one where he gets up and lets out the woo is just, it was, we don't, I feel like we've said maybe too many times, like, if this is the last Lowry game like this, we should like that ultra shorthanded 19 assist game against the Celtics yeah. where they lost, but he, he tied Jose's record. It's like, okay, we don't know how many more of these he has left, but it feels like we say that like once a month, because as we've talked about at length, the last three years or so, Kyle Lowry, just, he he always has this gear once in a while. It seems Kyle Lowry good as good once as he ever was.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, he crossed up Alex Caruso a few times for some step backs. Uh, and it was really, you know, it was that type of offensive performance and scoring performance that Kyle really, he doesn't even, look, let's be honest, he doesn't even look to get into that type of role that often. And I'm sure without Fred and without OG out there like it, it made and you know whatever factor you want to put on it being at Staples Center and he denied that the Lakers not trading for him was motivation I, I tend to believe him were you on were you on the call last night or, or yeah. no um key
1: I just didn't have my video on
2: yeah um one of the Raptors media relations uh Workers, uh, people had told uh, had prepared Kyle for Sportsnet's Michael Grange to ask to ask him whether uh, or not the Lakers not trading for him was any extra motivation. And so when Michael Grange did that, uh, Kyle called him out and said Phil predicted this, Um, (laughs) which uh, everybody seemed to be uh, laughing about. But it's just cool to see him get into that. You know, uh, to use Raptors Twitter. Uh, terminology that Kalo mode that like I'm uh, I remember there was a game in his first year against the Bulls and they lost it because they were in the middle of that you know 15 game losing streak to the Bulls or or whatever it was uh, and, and he sort of did that he, he put the team on his back he's like I'm gonna drive or I'm gonna be pulling up and I'm gonna keep us in this game and it uh, it was to that extent especially you know, not at the start, but before this, before the half, he had the two classic Kyle two for one with a, you know, pull up at his sort of favorite spot in the, the left uh, above the break. uh, And then a layup over a clearly hobbled LeBron James to just beat uh, the buzzer uh, to get that two for one. And some of the shots he was hitting in the third and fourth quarters, just the degree of difficulty on them. Like, Yeah, he was putting a crossover on Alex Caruso or or Contavious Caldwell Pope or whoever was calling, uh, guarding him. Uh, but they're still getting a hand up. Like, it's not like he created like all this room in the world. And it's not like even if he does create all this room, he's able to, like, he's not like quick enough or, you know, can't leap high enough where all of a sudden it's an uncontested shot. Like, those are still hand in the face or, or hand, at least in his sort of shot release area uh, type shots and he was just hitting his fair share of them and it was pretty special to see it was special to see how engaged he was um, and how you know how much he clearly still loves doing this and he talked a bit about that when he was asked about you know the fun he can have in in this situation and he's like I told the guys at halftime I you know, whatever happens, let's have fun out there. Like we're and Siakam talked about it too. Like we're able to do this thing where we're playing in Los Angeles and we're playing LeBron James and, you know, why not and these are now my words, not his at all. Like why not F up their uh their constitution a little yeah. bit. Uh why not It's fun. Yeah. And like I, for for however much he said he wasn't motivated by all of that, somewhere like even if it's subconsciously, it's like, oh, these teams didn't think I I can change things for their season. Let's let's see. It's just too bad there are no more games left against Miami and Philadelphia.
3: Yeah.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover.
1: Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside
0: to learn more.
1: Um, All right, that was a lot of fun. Uh, You know, I, I think those who stayed up for it, I saw a lot of people once I tweeted the OG news, a lot of people being like, oh, I'm not going to watch this. And I just like, I had this feeling in the back of my head. I'm like, ah. Oh, you know what it's it's at staple center lebron has not beaten the La- beaten the raptors since he became a laker like Ooh. there's just some there's just some weird thing about it and like yes it would have been very poetic for lebron to once again put the final dagger in a Raptors season uh but that was a that was a lot of fun and you had LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma all pretty frustrated in their post-game press conferences as Bill Orem covered uh, on our Lakers side. Um I guess the one other thing I want to ask from this game cuz it really was like like a Kyle and Pascal yeah. game and we we mostly talked about Kyle. Pascal Siakam had uh 39 points on uh what is it? on 33 used possessions which is you know on a points per possession basis pretty good at any volume and then you get up to the volume of 39 points uh it was great he was really good was 13 excellent. rebounds, yeah. four assists, two steals, two blocks including a, a big block down the stretch uh, a couple turnovers but you know that was I mostly they happen. were mostly
2: in the first quarter I want to say too he did have yeah there was that uh, one
1: bad one where he tried to throw a skip yeah, pass uh, across the Kyle, court to yeah. Kyle and I think they were hunting like there was that stretch with a couple minutes to go where um, the offense kind of bogged down a little bit when they were up 10 or 11, I think they were kind of hunting a Kyle three to get him to 40. Uh anyway, that's where that turnover came from. But only four points from the rest of the starting lineup. Uh Ken Birch, who has been excellent for the most part, had a tough night, but he's also not used to playing 60 minutes over a back-to-back either. He didn't yeah. play these kind of minutes. Um, Stanley Johnson played 30 minutes and was and the team was a plus six in those minutes. If you get a plus six in 30 Stanley Johnson minutes and you don't win a game, I don't know what to do
2: with uh, that. As Nick Nurse said, Stanley scored zero points and he had a great night. Um, I, I, I'm not I, sure. I, I don't I, know yeah. to what
1: extent I would agree. Yeah, I'm not
2: sure I'd go that far. But uh, yeah. to reuse the word, he was cromulent in a certain role. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then you got, you know, Flynn had a bad game, but you had, uh, you know, Bembry with his best game in a while. Gillespie looked ready for, for that moment a little bit, you know, foul trouble again. But this is a rookie you just scooped out of the G League playing 20 minutes against LeBron and Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond and, um you know, to even hang in there, let alone the team to win your minutes. Uh, and, and that's been a thing with Gillespie quietly is, We obviously all really like him and he's shown a lot of stuff, but the Raptors have pretty consistently lost the minutes he's on the floor, um, in part because he's playing in a lot of bench-heavy lineups, but you still get encouraged by seeing them win the minutes that he's out there. So um, that's kind of a a wrap on the Lakers game. Uh, Was there anything from the two losses that you really wanted to pull out or should we kind of pivot and look ahead? Yeah,
2: I would just say that like a few times... They Nick Nurse has used some young lineups uh, to start the fourth quarter. Last night was one of them. Uh, I think the Denver game was was another one of them, and they struggled uh, in, in, against the Lakers. It was two points after five offensive possessions, and the two points came on like a Freddie Gillespie sort of one-handed push shot from like the top of the paint. So it wasn't like exactly a great look or anything. Uh, And against the Nuggets, it was like, I think each team had four possessions either way. And it was a nine, nothing Denver run, which is obviously suboptimal. Um, And Nick Nurse has been pretty critical of those. And like, I'm not against those minutes happening uh, especially a night like the Lakers, like like against the Lakers, when you don't have three guy, like three, you don't have OG as that third guy who can help just stabilize a unit. You have two of them, and while I can sit here and say you've got a 100% stagger Kyle and Pascal, it's acceptable if you don't. Um, anyway, those let's call them Malachi Flynn led groups have not performed great i don't think it's a huge surprise i and and nick nurse has been the pretty critical of them and and pretty blunt about them uh but in both instances and i'm not sure i care that much that they've been bad because you're not expecting those to have to use those lineups at any time um, yeah, if you had four
1: or five more rotation guys healthy, yeah, you wouldn't you, be playing yeah. Uh
2: Yeah, it has been interesting. Like, I it's, I am curious as to how much Malachi Flynn can do as an offensive driver, so that's why I don't mind them. I, I sort of wish, like, Nick Nurse would just say, like, look, these are young groups. We're trying to give them some high leverage opportunities and they're not working out, and that's okay. But, uh you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to call them out and say, and and maybe give them a bit more motivation heading into the summer. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be. My extra thing I wanted to add is don't be too concerned that those lineups aren't okay. playing well. Uh, but yeah. I think it's been notable because certainly against Denver, that that game. Completely teetered uh, when that lineup was out there. Uh, yeah, and, and
1: you can go back to the Knicks' loss yeah. too, where the starters were amazing. Yeah, and that bench group just got their t. Like, like, in. like
2: if Malachi Flynn's playing along, Gillespie, Stanley Johnson, uh, Utah, and I don't know DeAndre Bembry or or whatever. Like, really, how much offense are you going to be able to create?
1: Yeah, I mean, look back to even. Like if you want to look at how the Raptors have developed bench players um, who are seeing minutes while trying to win, like go back to the bench mob year where Fred, like, like Fred really struggled creating offense for that group. And that was a group that had obviously CJ miles for spacing and Pascal Siakam for the transition game. But like, it was the start of the second and the start of the fourth quarter Every time was like a four, four nothing run, yeah. run over three minutes. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you got to win your minutes. You don't have to score necessarily. Uh, one other note from the Lakers game, uh, free Mark Gasol.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. The Lakers deserve all the bad karma they're getting. Um, also,
1: like, they could use him. The Raptors, the minutes that they played without a center in that one, the Ra- were the minutes that the Raptors swung the game.
2: Yeah. Um, I felt this when he was a free agent. I felt it last year, you know, I while admitting he was certainly not good against the Celtics. Uh he's still a useful NBA player. Um and he should play.
1: Well, here you go. Uh Kemba now locked in as the 2021 starter for the Raptors. Marcus Gasol coming back to uh to be the backup. Uh, and to mentor Freddy.
2: Yeah. Uh, don't hate it, Blake. Don't hate it. Yeah.
1: Um. It's going to be... It will be pretty interesting to see what happens with, uh, Birch. with that Gasol deal. Oh. Oh. Just because... What were you going to say? I was going to say
2: Birch. Like, uh, one of the reasons that, you know, trading for him almost would have been better. And I don't think it's going to be a big deal. It's like, then you ha- get his bird rights. And, and now yes. they don't have his bird rights. So... It's just you know But he also
1: would have had a four and a half million cap hold yeah, if you had his bird rights and like we'll get at, into at, the... at that point, like at some point, you know, that's four and a half extra cap hold. So unless Yeah. I mean it's hard to see a scenario where it's gonna make a huge Yeah,
2: I just don't know what his market will be. Generally for yeah. generally for centers, it's it's not a great market. So I don't
1: honestly when when they when they signed him and like, given the way this season had gone in Orlando, I was like, "Well, shit, maybe you can get him back on like a minimum or something close to it." And now, like, the way he's played since getting it Toronto, nobody's going to overreact to to fifteen games or whatever. But like, you could get the mini mid level or the room exception if you're Ken Birch now, probably. Yeah. Um. Maybe not the full mini mid level, but you could get that room exception like four and a half what's million. What's the mini mid level? Uh, I we it's not set yeah. yet, but it'll probably be a, it's probably started about four and a half yeah. five um
2: yeah uh, so uh, just from like a assuming they're gonna bring them back or or do what they can to bring them back just the the mechanism which they use will be interesting that's all
1: uh, sorry the mini uh the mini started at five point seven this last year Jeez. I had the the room flipped in my head yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, room started at four point eight the mini at 5.7 and both of those will go up at least three percent but we don't know how much exactly yet
2: all right well um, there will be a, a whole episode we can
1: uh we yeah. can
2: devote to that uh I, I just thought it was interesting but yeah marcus all wh- what's the situation on his second year was it on it's
1: or? no it's guaranteed because a, a lot of us saw it as like uh hey we don't have the money to offer you over the minimum so why don't we give you a second year at the minimum and then hey if you get waived then that's free money who knows yeah well um we'll see he does not look happy and I feel it makes me really sad yeah seeing it. No I I
2: there aren't many things I want in this life. That's probably untrue but I do want Marcus all to be happy.
1: All right quick standings update uh we've got the so the Wizards lost on the weekend and the Raptors failed to take uh, advantage of that Against Utah, but they did catch up half a game with the Lakers win. Uh, based on basketball references, playoff odds, the Raptors have a 5.2% chance of getting into uh, the play in position. I'm just bringing up 538s. Uh, usually I look at five different ones, but uh, we can just look at these two uh, for the sake of conversation. 538 actually has the Raptors at 9% uh, of making the playoffs, and that's, I think, because they wait a little heavily the fact that the raptors have played you know net rating wise like a team that's a little above 500. uh the wizards do have an easier schedule down the stretch here and of course thursday's game against the wizards is a pretty big one the raptors have two and a half games to catch up uh, with seven left to play on their own end if you're looking at the reverse standings the raptors are in eighth uh, and they are jockeying with chicago and sacramento for seven eight nine Um, Now, if 789 doesn't sound like a big difference, the fall from 7th to ninth would be three percentage points less of a chance at Cade Cunningham, 11.7% less chance at the top four, and an average pick dropping from 6.2 to 8. So it's not nothing. Uh, If those teams all end up tied, they just split those odds together or or if two of them end up tied. Uh, But anyway, the Raptors remain in purgatory where they're not going to get any better, quote unquote, than 7th last. Ah, uh, they're probably not going to fall worse than ninth or tenth lasts unless they catch the Wizards, which they're probably not going to do because they're two and a half games back with not enough time left. However, Eric, Thursday, well, there, we can ignore Kawhi uh, and Serge on Tuesday because that game is going to be what it's going to be. The Thursday game against Washington is.
2: Interesting. It's going to be a weird one. It's
1: going to be like Washington wants to make it. Russell Westbrook is probably going to go like a 40 point triple double. And I could see the Raptors starting everyone and being like, you know what? Let's try this game. If we win this game, we'll push. If we lose, we'll get out of here. I could also see the Raptors playing eight players. I don't.
2: I have no feel for it either. I I would, I would bet on them playing their guys. Um, you know maybe not one of the point guards but other than that playing everybody uh i don't think it will be cuz man it looks bad like you might piss off the nba if you have a semi legitimate chance at making the play in tournament and the raptors are already have already been chastised for maybe suboptimal optics. Um
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> and if it's like, oh, this is your chance to get into the play in game, playing tournament, which is new this year, get pumped for May eighteenth. Uh, and the Raptors are like, eh we're we're yeah. gonna let DC have this one. Uh that might uh you know get the attention of some higher ups in the in the NBA head office.
1: Well, also, they'll have a bit more information than we have right yeah. now. They'll obviously have played the Clippers, so that's a half-game swing. And then the Wizards play uh, Monday night against Indiana, Ooh. see if they can handle O'Shea Brissett. And then they play Wednesday against Milwaukee. So, um, you know, if the if the Wizards split those games and the Raptors lose to the Clippers, then it's a three-game gap with six to go. You know, I think there's a little bit more justifiability Ra- They're Rap- sitting guys.
2: Raptors have the tiebreaker, Blake.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and they could, I mean, they could conceivably be one game out. Yeah. When that game tips off. If, if Washington goes 0-2 and the Raptors upset the Clippers. Um, but we'll see how all that goes. Eric, the week ahead is uh, the Raptors against the Clippers on the road to close up this West Coast trip. Then they host Washington and Memphis. Uh, pick them for us.
2: Uh, I'd just like to say that I, I got the record right again this but, week. But the game's But wrong, the game's yeah. wrong. Uh, I'm gonna say lost to the Cliz- the the Clippers, the <laughs> the Clippers uh, beat the Wizards and uh, lose to the Grizzlies. That that is my prediction. Uh, JV revenge game,
1: knocking the Raptors out of the playoffs. <laughs> uh,
2: but uh, I don't know. All three games should be sort of like as of this recording. Seem like like I'm sort of looking forward to watching to them. But, and considering yeah. the Raptors are in purgatory uh second last week of the season that's not all bad
1: yeah it's uh and and even if we wanted to complain about the third 10 p.m start in four days and we do no we don't <laughs> i was gonna say that the jays don't play until 9:40 tonight so we could just stay on pacific time yeah uh I, until i'm on pacific time full-time anyway <laughs>
2: um i'm i am i i made a group with like a few of my friends from high school and added my brother uh like a WhatsApp group and I was joking with all with with them because two of them have kids now it's like see everybody at 9:40 uh eastern tonight uh and I'm just going to be sending WhatsApp messages to myself basically uh
1: tonight um all right so that's uh that is a rap it is except uh, I don't know if you saw your Twitter before I we not. came on. I, I actually didn't even tag you in it. I, I had tweeted out. This was at 1138, uh, eight minutes after the podcast start time, and, and you still hadn't come on. Um,
2: oh, wow.
1: Yes. So I, I tweeted, Eric is late for the pod recording, so please give me some questions I should make him answer as penance. I
2: did, so I did tell you that I would be a bit after 1130, I believe.
1: After you bumped the time from 12. You're disrupting my whole day. Oh my! Now I won't. I won't get to work out today. Oh yeah, yeah. My put that, put on, that <laughs> on
2: me. Uh, it sounds like somebody didn't want to work out yeah. and is, is just ensues to have a, a uh, bullshit reason.
1: I was so disappointed. I had no side effects or symptoms from the from the vaccine last week oh. that I didn't even get to use that as. An oh my excuse. god!
2: My brother has been complaining for a week about his his like. For like two full days, he could. I shouldn't be saying this because everybody should go out and get a vaccine when they can. But also,
1: for to to preface this, there is nobody I would expect to complain more about <laughs> something than your
2: brother. Yeah. But he's like two days of feeling bad, and like yesterday he was uh just. It was it was it was pretty fun. It, it uh, he was complaining that his arm still hurt, and uh so in this Jay's WhatsApp group, we were making fun of him, roasting him, and. His uh, my one of my friend's wife is a doctor, and he was like, Oh, yeah, my doctor, uh, my wife has said if your arm's still bothering you a, a week after, there's like a 50 50 chance that it, it might be an infection and, and you could lose your arm. And I uh, and I said, Oh, yeah, I've heard of this particularly between 39 and 41 year old males, <laughs> uh, and uh, that my friend used like the sort of the two hands in the air, whelp, what you gonna do, uh, emoji. Trug? And yeah. then he was like, uh, lucky, lucky guy, that emoji, he has two arms, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which got a laugh from everybody.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, everyone get out there and get your jabs in your arms. Uh, it's fine. And it's, it's pr- the only way we're gonna get to watch the Raptors in person for 2021, 2022 is if, yeah, it's, we're a, it's gonna officially
2: dicey though. Like, I think yeah. it'll happen certainly at some point. Uh, I'm not sure about October anyway.
1: Yeah, I, it, there's also like the league can't make players get vaccinated and the league-wide vaccination adoption is not 100%. But I do wonder if like at least in the early stages, like does the Canadian government mandate if border crossing is going to be allowed? Like is there, are only vaccinated players allowed to to cross? Or is there like a certain percentage threshold of like herd vaccination or something like that um, because if you're not vaccinated you're a potential carrier and, and i don't think here in ontario we're going to be out of the weeds yet by okay. october i would um, i would guess not No. so that'll be interesting. anyway we'll probably we'll know more about before then based on like the leafs might go on a stanley cup run and, and we'll find out there or the the jays could uh could give us some info anyway uh we have some questions for you yeah. eric that flow from uh, this. Uh, Gentle Ben asks, what gives you the right to behave this way <laughs> in terms of showing up late? <laughs> Lead writer status,
2: uh, obviously. Yes. And uh, uh, and I did write last night. It was up till yes. 2 a.m. So uh, okay. anyway.
1: Uh, Asad asks, why you haven't bought a house yet? <laughs> he can fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> um, uh, T. Paisley asks... Which player or coach has given you the coldest side eye in response to a question?
2: Uh, it's got to be Sam. Sam yeah. Mitchell. Uh, I mean, Kyle Lowry's probably come close. <laughs> I think... Uh, I definitely felt weird once when Lou Williams responded strangely to a question. Um, But he, in general was actually pretty good to deal with. And if he didn't like a question, he'd just be like, nah, I can't answer that. But it was pretty like matter of fact. He wouldn't, but there were definitely some awkward moments with you. But um, yeah, Sam made you feel like he re- he would respond with the most sort of contempt for, for you. Uh, and Kyle just has a way of making you feel Like when he doesn't like a question, like making you feel like subhuman. So uh,
1: (laughs) like when he hit me with the nah, 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 Blake, nah, before I even got the question out of my mouth. Um, Yeah. I never dealt with Mitchell when he was with the Raptors, but when he was uh, coaching the Wolves, I asked him a Wiggins question one time and he like tried to embarrass me and it was, it was, uh, but Hey, he gave me good stuff for the Donyell Marshall world history. Yeah.
2: Well, when you get back in that media game, you're you're all of a yeah. sudden eager to, uh, to provide the quotes. Yeah.
1: I think this question was directed specifically at you, but I think the worst one that I've had was actually... So it was my first ever media day that I got to go to, and it was 2014 was the Bruno draft?
2: Well, yes, because it was after their okay. first playoff run.
1: Yes. So I asked Masai if they regretted not having a G League team in place yet since they had Bruno. Uh, so yes, I've always been me. I've always been <laughs> asking asking questions at inappropriate times about the D League. Well, that was a prescient uh,
2: question. Uh, who knows he, uh, what would have happened to Bruno if they yeah. had a G League team?
1: He uh, did not like my use of the word regret. <laughs> so uh, uh, Mark asks, who says no in a Pascal for CJ McCollum trade? I say the Raptors, like, decidedly. Uh, yeah.
2: I, I I think so. I mean, I'm not sure the Blazers would say yes either, but I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't I
1: mean, that. now that they have Aaron Gordon, it's a little like.
2: The Blazers don't have Aaron Gordon. It, but the, Nuggets Gordon? Have, the Nuggets have Aaron Gordon. Oh,
1: yeah. I just really wanted the Blazers <laughs> to have <get> Aaron Gordon. <laughs> Does, but like, my, just, brains, my brain's no, It's okay. Tough on Aaron. Denver
2: and Portland are the same team, basically. Uh, they, same city, too. They had Jokic and. Uh, and Nurkic for a while before either had fully become themselves. It's like, which one of these guys is which? And now one's the MVP and the other's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the, the point is, we sh- there should be multiple Aaron Gordons. He's that fun. <laughs> uh, does he look thicker to you in Denver? Or is that my imagination? Aaron Gordon? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Might just be the jerseys. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, and it's also like he was post-long layoff. So who knows what happened to his body in the interim. I'm not saying he got out of shape. He just looks like, to me, he's like, oh, my God, who is this mammoth dude all of a sudden who's like hmm. just a barrel? All of, and I don't remember Aaron Gordon being like that. So it might be the jerseys or it might just be some slight body change that's magnified by the jer- jerseys.
1: Uh, Dream Sislac asks, who's your favorite non-Raptor player to watch this season? Oh,
2: right now? um, I'm not going to have like a fun answer. Luca's certainly up there. Uh, who's been real? Lamelo uh, has been among the most fun yeah. players in the league. He he might be my pick for this season. Usually, I have like a guy who's two or three years into the league who's yet to completely made a su- become a superstar, and he's like like I was like that with Durant. I remember like in his second season, I was like, I I this guy's he's got guy is my guy, and and there's nobody quite like that. But I think. L- well, together Lame- yeah,
1: it's it's just he's on the Raptors. It's OG. Yeah.
2: LaMelo <laughs> uh, l- the answer is probably LaMelo this season. Yeah. He's almost appointment television.
1: Lamello's a good pick. Um I would say it's it's for a different reason, but Poku is Yeah. right there for me too. He's uh he's such a blast to watch. And then it's not really I really enjoy the Suns. It's not one, one guy, guy. Yeah. like Chris Paul doing this is great. Booker's obviously Bridges. fun I love Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. Um but yeah, the the Suns are, the Suns are one of the most fun. Uh, I, I should, really I should also say like, and they, they make it. then. Yeah. And Steph, Steph has been, Steph got 30 the other night and I was bored. Yeah. I was like, this, this is it? Yeah. Like 30 gets Houston and it's. The other
2: obvious guy is Jokic. He's a yeah. joy. Like the passes, how quickly he makes the right pass. It's like LeBron level stuff except without all the dribbling. It's just like him holding the ball and then all of a sudden it's gone to a for a corner three. It's amazing. Can
1: I can I give one more Homer answer here? Sure. Uh DeMar DeRozan.
2: Yeah. He's oh man. Future Raptor DeMar DeRozan.
1: <laughs> uh up to 7.4 assists per game this year.
2: remember when that was a concern?
1: Yeah and and still hanging in at almost 60% true shooting despite not shooting threes still. So you got it. And he's still like I don't know that we have a stat career wise that can encompass turnovers relative to overall like ball handling responsibility. But if there was one, I would have to imagine he has like one of the lowest turnover rates of all time relative to responsibility, Like he's only turned it over on 10% of possessions for his entire career
2: um,
1: with 27% usage and almost a 20% assist rate. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh shout out to Tamar. Um San Antonio's fallen off a little bit, but I still think they'll be a fun playing game team. Um final two here. Megan asks for your skincare routine. Ugh, I don't think
2: this is very interesting at all. I um I I'd say every other day, every other night I use the St. Ives apricot scrub. Uh, just, and and like, it has a bit of like griminess that really gets at your pores. Um, kind of other than that, I just use some basic, I don't even know what kind of soap it is morning and night. Uh, sometimes I'll use the scrubber again to sort of exfoliate, uh, and, and that's, that's about it. My, uh, my wife is a passionate, uh, exfoliation advocate. So, uh, gotta, gotta keep exfoliated for the marriage.
1: Yeah. Uh no offense to Brandon, he asked us European Super League question and I don't uh I, I don't I don't have a good answer for uh soccer questions. Yeah. Uh final one, Eric is uh from Nate Duncan, what is your favorite Toronto regional food?
2: We've talked about this, I think, or, or like Toronto food culture in general has had a discussion about how we don't necessarily have one food. It's like the overwhelming uh, and the ease with which you can get an above-average anything at any Except barbecue. at any point. Uh, I it's funny you say that because I'm about to try. Uh, uh, well, I don't know when I am, but Beach Hill Smokehouse, which has a few locations in, uh in the East End, there's one near me, and I've been meaning to try it, um, especially after the barbecue place that shall not be named uh, had a few political missteps uh over the pandemic uh and they are sort of east end Jace. uh so beach hill does not have those problems and uh, i will be trying their food at some point um i i think the thing we do best relative to other places is probably caribbean food uh like just the The number of options there are, and I'm sure, like, everybody has their favorite. Real Jerk and Simone's are really close to me, and uh, Simone's is on the Danforth. The Real Jerk uh, location is just down the road from me at Carlaw and Gerard. I like them for, like, like Simone's roti. Like, I I really like its... uh, constitution and and it's uh the way it holds together and and the way it absorbs some of that uh sweet sauce and uh and then the rice and peas and jerk chicken at uh at real jerk are great uh there's also uh, a friend of mine has recommended studies which is just uh north up on uh just off of pape i have not tried there yet it's like cash only and Uh, You have to make a point to get there early, uh, and I rarely plan my days that well, but uh, that's another recommendation from somebody who has not steered me wrong. So I would say, in general, Caribbean food is the thing we probably do best proportionately to other uh, big cities.
1: If we're ever back at the Raptors practice facility, rest in peace, that Island Foods location. Yeah. Because that was a post-practice uh, statement. Yeah, Eric, they've, they've the still questions.
2: got one at, uh, shout the out to at York Mills, uh, just south of York Mills on Don Mills.
1: Uh, all right, Eric, those are all the questions. Uh, not all the questions we have for you, but all the questions I'm going to ask you. Uh, the Raptors have a three-game week. We'll probably talk to you again next Monday. Eric, thanks so much, man.
2: Thanks, Blake. See ya.